Hello, 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 hey. Hey, man, good to see everyone this morning. Now, family, have we not had a beautiful Lord's Day so far? Classes were phenomenal, so I hope all my young people had a great class. The adults, we had a good class. Um, and I appreciate Brother Ray so much for taking us down that um, memory lane and understanding what our Lord and Savior actually went through. That was powerful. Thank you. Um, as we get started in our lesson today, I know that you're seeing a blank screen behind me. And I don't have a PowerPoint this morning purposefully because what I'm going to talk about today, I believe if we really look more so inside than any type of images that I put on the screen, which I will put one on the screen for you at the end, but I I'd like for us to really take a responsibility and take action in what's about to be taught this morning, all right? So if you're in John still, and thank you for reading that scripture for us, we see where our Lord and Savior has made sure to teach us what's really at stake. And the thing about it today is the title of the lesson is, Are You Getting Fed? That's a question. Lipsies. The next question is, have you had a drink? Now, no, I don't mean a hard drink, okay? <laughs> no, no, sir, no, sir. And the football season's over, so that, that shouldn't even be the thought for most of us this Sunday. But have we had a drink? Have we, took, have we taken a sip of what Jesus actually has to offer us? You see, the, today's lesson I'd like for us to really be in remembrance as we go through Hebrews and as we go through Isaiah and a passage in Matthew, I'd like for us to understand that so many people, Christians all over the country, they go to church on Sundays or they go to church on Wednesdays and then they don't want to come back. And when the faithful few, such as us, we come and we say, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, you know, how, how, what, what, what's going on? They say things like, I'm not really getting fed over there. You know, the lesson really doesn't, didn't really appeal to me. Ah, uh, the minister, yeah, he had a good sermon, but it wasn't, it wasn't to me. I need to go somewhere where the lesson is for me. And I would venture to say that any time God's word is being preached or delivered, it shall and will and must be received. Amen? Amen. As we get into the scriptures today, I'd like for you to turn to Hebrews chapter 2. Keep your bookmark in John, but turn to Hebrews chapter 2 right now as we start to understand some of these things when it comes down to spiritual food and taking a drink of the Lord as he is and as he claims to be living water. If you're in Hebrews chapter 2, one thing that you'll find when you study this book is that Hebrews is extremely powerful when it comes down to learning why you believe what you believe and, and most of all, almost how to believe what you believe. You see, we love the Lord, and I believe that we love the Lord with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. And, and sometimes we can get to a point where we feel like we're doing more than enough for God. But in my opinion, let's be honest, we can do more. And let's be honest, I believe that we will do more. As the time goes on and as we learn more about who God is, I believe that he'll show us even more that we can do and that we will do individually and collectively. So if you're in Hebrews chapter 2, we're starting in verse 1. It says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proved steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received with a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Which at first, be, uh, which at first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also bearing witness both with signs and wonders, with various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. I'd like for us to see in this scripture that we can learn some things by the people that we don't see in the church house on Sundays. 
You see, our experiences are all different. They're all catered to ourselves. Sometimes, though, as we look and as we study and as we think back to past Christians that we've known in our walk, current Christians, and even the new members of the body of Christ, we see that the examples have constantly been given where man does the same thing over and over and over. But as it reads right here, so many times people miss what they actually should have. It says, therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. You know, I, uh, I, I used to work with a college ministry program, and one thing that I found was that college students are actually, and, and this might be a little weird for some to understand, college students are actually in a further distance or at a further distance from God than our middle school, elementary school, and even high school students. Well, what do you mean, Zach? They, they've elevated, they've become adults. They're walking in this newness of life. I, I would like to believe so, but, you know, we all know what goes on on college campuses. If you've only been exposed to the stories of Joseph and Mary and some of the other key figures that we love to point out in the Bible, then sometimes you can walk and as you grow as a child, you can grow thinking that, okay, I know it. You bring me a story about Joseph, but a preacher's preaching about Joseph today, I know he's talking about forgiveness, or I know he's talking about leaning on the Lord no matter what's going on. You bring up a story about Noah, okay, yeah, yeah, I don't even have to listen to the rest of this. I know, trust in the Lord, listen to his understanding, and really abide by his guidance to the nth degree so that I can be saved. Okay, okay. When we get to college, though, sometimes we took for granted the stories that people used to give you a little worksheet on, or used to give you candy, or we used to act out. And now you're thinking, wait, 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 wait. I'm 20, or I'm 18, or I'm 19, and where, where, where is my life fit into a story of Joseph? I'm not in prison, and this isn't Egypt. Where does my life fit into the story of Ruth? I'm not even married. And who cares if Boaz is coming? I'm living my best life. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, so, so when we read the scriptures, we have to understand that, first off, family, I'd like us to make the point and to receive the point that no matter what's being taught on a Sunday, no matter what age you are, no matter how many times you've heard the story or read that passage or even memorized the passage, keep your ears and your heart open. Not just your mind, but your ears and your heart. Listen, and let's learn to start meditating on the scriptures so that we don't become those that drift away. As it says in verse 2, for if the word spoken through angels, it proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience receives a just reward, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? How can we go ahead and say, officer, ah, you know, I know that you give out tickets. My dad used to get tickets for speeding, but uh, I, uh, I, I didn't think that you were going to give me a ticket for speeding today. What? How can you neglect the law? The law is you speed. I'm probably going to have to give you a ticket. Well, God says, if you work in me, and if you abide in me, I'll abide in you, but you have to continuously abide in me so I can continuously abide in you. Come on down to chapter 4 in Hebrews, because Hebrews is a powerful book. And sometimes when we think about our members who have strayed away or we think about those that we want to reach in Christ, we have to understand what all is included in our belief system and what it really takes to be involved in, in saving souls and keeping souls saved. If you meet me, you'll be in Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1, and we'll read from 1 to 3. It says, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed, the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. But the word which they heard, 
did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it, but for we who have been for we who have believed do enter that rest. As he has said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. We have to understand that the world that we live in, especially believers, those who we know to love Christ, but they don't love coming to church. They don't love hearing the scriptures. They don't love studying the word. They'd like to be uh, spiritual but not religious, quote unquote. They'd like to uh, enjoy the benefits that God has, but they don't want to participate in organized religion. I usually hear that, and when I hear it, it does my heart a little sadness. It does my heart a little, a little pain because they're missing out on what's really going on. They just don't fully understand what's really at stake. It says right here, verse 2, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, but the word which they heard did not profit them. Today, I am calling on everyone in this room to understand just what the scriptures say here and they say in many other passages in this book, is that you can hear something and the person next to you can hear something totally different if they heard anything at all. And because that is the case, because that is the fact that we live in, and that's our reality, it's our job as brothers, sisters, fathers, mothers of the church to make sure that we reach out to those individuals and see where you left off. If it came in one ear and out the other, did it leave any remains? Is there any remnants of what we talked about today? Because if there is, we need to discuss any and everything that you can remember. Because I got something out of today's lesson. I got something out of Sunday school. I believe it's going to help me in my everyday walk. Wouldn't you like the same blessing? Wouldn't you like the same gift? If you were to read in 1 Peter, and we won't turn there, but if you were to read in 1 Peter, he says, have you tasted the Lord's kindness? And if you taste the Lord's kindness, you'll find in uh, verse 2 and 3, if you tasted the Lord's kindness, then cry out for nourishment like a baby does, for milk. Try your best to get to it every time. I, uh, in, in the PowerPoint, I, I didn't want to distract people with too many images, but I had a picture of my niece. <clears throat> She's adorable, goodness gracious. She has taken my heart. And I have so many nieces and nephews, but this is the first one that we've ever had like in the home. So I'm watching all the, all the reactions and I'm watching how she moves and lives and, and it's beautiful how babies are. I couldn't imagine why people wouldn't value them as much. But when I see my niece, I was feeding her uh, a couple of times and the older she got, and she's only about four months old, the older she got, the more one bottle wasn't enough. And I'm like, girl, you're drinking a lot of this milk, okay? You sure you're not done? Well, she can't talk back. But when the bottle's empty, and I'm thinking, whew, this is not my child, and I'm ready to be done feeding her. And she starts crying again, and I'm wondering, does she need changing? Like, what's going on? No, she just needs more milk. Well, she's crying out for it. She's saying, hey, I, I can't communicate with you, uncle, but I need some more of that. It tastes too good, and I'm not full yet. We as Christians should be just that, not full, never full. We should never quench the spirit. We should never be at a point where we say, I'm perfectly fine with one lesson a month. I'm perfectly fine with just Sunday. I'm perfectly fine with just Sunday and Wednesday. We should be the Christians that find a meal every single morning, every single evening, every single night. When we think about how we eat regular food, let's think about that from the spiritual man's perspective, okay? Here's Zachary. Fleshly man. And then here's a smaller, but a way stronger Zachary. And he's the spiritual man. Now Zachary's spiritual man can only get stronger out what he feeds him. But 
Usually, Zachary is focused on feeding the flesh, which is why his Chick-fil-A app has so many points on it, <laughs> because he's constantly feeding the flesh, okay? But the spiritual man, although he's not seen by many people, although he's not experienced by many people, although you can't brag about it and clothe it with suits and shoes and jewelry and whatever, that man is the more important man. Upon baptism, you have said, I believe that the fleshly man will expire, just like the word says. And because the fleshly man will expire, Lord, die to me the old self and provide me a new self. And that new self, he has to grow. Sometimes we can see people get baptized, or sometimes we can bring a soul to Christ and think, because you believe, everything's fine. Because you believe, everything's ready to go. Go back out to your friends. Go back out to your family. Proclaim the name of Christ proudly. Sometimes that's not the best route. I can't let my niece, who can barely pick up her own head, she's always doing this, she can barely do that. I can't give her the keys to my car and tell her to bring it around front. We sometimes think that babes in Christ can just live these spiritual lives without any hurt, harm, or danger done to their spiritual man. But upon being baptized, you start out very, very small. You start out literally a babe in Christ. And as we see these individuals and even think about when we got baptized, we have to pay attention to the growth patterns of ourselves and our fellow believers. Based off our growth patterns, that's when we know who needs certain foods. That's when we know who really does need milk. In my opinion, all our middle school, elementary school, high school, college students, they need milk. They need as much milk as possible. But there are a lot of adult members of any congregation who need milk. But sometimes we just let them stick with the milk. Me personally, I believe that everybody knows that sometimes I need milk, and sometimes I need meat, and sometimes I need fruit, and sometimes I need water. Your body can't live without water, and the spiritual man says the same thing. Your body can't live without food, bread. The spiritual man says the same thing. As we get more into the scriptures, and your time will be yours here shortly, we will find that to be the case, and I believe that all of us in here will go out and look to save more souls or keep more souls saved. If you wouldn't mind, continue down in Hebrews. We're in chapter 5 now. I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 through 14. And this is powerful. Oh, my. It reads, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the, world, in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But solid food, brings, solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. You see, on the marquee outside it says, he has something for you. Will you receive it? When I go home, and, and so I don't live with my mother, but when I go home, it amazes me, and, and I, I thank God for it. It used to annoy me, but I thank God for it now. Every time I walk in the house, no matter what my mom is doing, she reminds me, go to the fridge. Go to the fridge. There's something in there, and it's something that I made. And because you're my son, no matter what you're doing here, no matter how long you're at the house for, uh, no matter what I called you for, I need you to eat something. I need to know that you ate it. And I need to know that you ate from my hand because you're my child. Family, in the church, we need to make sure that when people walk in the door that they are eating from the Lord's hand. 
that they get something, that they get something while we see them, that they get something when we don't see them. We need to make sure that not only am I eating and I indulging in this food, the spiritual food, but you, my visitors, or you, my members, or you, the one who has moved but you came back for a second, or you who, who doesn't want to come to church, but every now and then something in your heart of heart says, I need to run by service. Oh, man, it's Sunday morning, and I'm running late. I, I wish I could just go there and, and wear my pajamas, but because I can't, I'm going to stay at the house today. Like, those are the people that we want to reach today. Those are the people that we want to call on and remind them, family, friend, brother, sister, the promise that I believe in, I remember that you believed in too. The promises that God has given me, he has given you also. And because that's the case, I need to watch you eat some food. I don't know that, you, I don't know that you're eating enough. You're looking a little thin around the edges. You're looking a little weak. I just need to see that you're still eating. I need to see that you still have a palate for what God is serving you. Because if you don't, then we need to have a different conversation. We really need to go to the physician the great physician, and we really need to bow down and ask him, how may he best serve this soul so that not only does this soul not be lost, but I do not misrepresent what Christ is doing for me and allow this soul that's so close in relation to me to be lost. Family, the, the scriptures are very powerful when it comes down to how we teach, how we learn, how we listen, how we share the gospel. Even so much to we can find Christ being referenced in the Old Testament. Turn with me to Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 28. If you're in Isaiah chapter 28, we'll be starting in verse 9. But when I read this passage and started studying what Isaiah was looking to get across to his believers, I mean to his fellow believers who really did not like listening to him. Goodness gracious. Sometimes if you look back, Isaiah's sounding like some of our preachers or some of our elders in the churches all over the country where they're calling on people and trying to remind them that God is still moving in your life, you gotta give some time to him. You gotta give him some attention, some acknowledgement. It says right here in 28 verse nine, I will actually start, I'll start at verse seven, just to give you some context, all right? It says, but they also have erred through wine and through intoxicating drink are out of the way. The priest and prophet have erred through intoxicating drink. Now, aren't we all priests for the gospel? Aren't we all called to go share the gospel? Okay, continue then. They are swallowed up by wine. They are out of the way through intoxicating drink. They err in vision. They stumble in judgment. For all tables are full of vomit and filth. No place is clean. Here in verse 9 it says, Whom will he teach knowledge? And whom will he make to understand uh, the message? Those just weaned from milk? Those just drawn from the breast? You see, if you were reading this in a different version, you would see that the, the priests and the prophets that are, are the falling down drunk and, and they're not managing themselves properly, they're the ones that are saying, who is he to talk to us? Who is he to share some, what, what, what does he think, I'm a child? No, 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 get out of here. That's disrespectful. I am approaching you as if you're a child. And I don't do it out of any disrespect. Thank God that you're in this childlike state, but we're not gonna let you stay here. I'm not in good conscience going to let you live here because we must grow and we must grow together. You see in verse 10 it says, for precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line, here a little, there a little. You see, that's what the world is saying to us when they say that they're not getting fed when they come to church. That's what they say when they say that, yeah, God is good, but studying God's word, that's a little too taxing. 
That's a little too much for me. I don't think God needs me to do that. They're seeing the rules. They're seeing the, 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 the legitimate, uh, not the legitimacies, but they're seeing the rules and the, man, I can't think of the word on top of my head, but ultimately they're thinking of how organized and how set God's church is. What they don't understand is we are supposed to do things in decent order. But you, my friend, you will have to learn. Yes, you learn the rules. Yes, you learn how we do things. But ultimately, you learn how we love. And you learn who loves you. And you learn why we love and why we love the person who loves you. That's what we're really here for. So although you're running from the rules and although you're running from the quote unquote mundane scriptures or mundane faith, no, we're running to the salvation that is ours. It's just, there comes an instruction manual. It's just, there's a little bit of rules to how we move now. You see, the Bible doesn't say that we're just free in Christ. It says that we're free in Christ because we're not slaves to anybody now. We're not slaves to sin anymore, but we're to live as if we're slaves to the Lord. And to live as slaves to the Lord, whatever God needs me to do, Master, I am your willing servant. If he's got the promise that I believe in. But if he doesn't have the promise that I believe in, I can be so uh, lackadaisical in my faith. I can just treat God as if, you know, I, I, I'll take you when I can, but I don't need you to be sustained. I don't need you to be fulfilled. And that's the people, those are the people, and that's the attitude that we want to remove from, those, uh, from the body of believers that we're surrounded by and in connection to. And if you're still following me, we're going to close this out in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. Don't forget, on the marquee it says, he has something for you. Will you receive it? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are fantastic plates. And I'm speaking in a figurative sense. They're fantastic plates to serve your friends and family. People say all the time, oh, I don't want to be around those Christians, or I don't want to be around those Bible thumpers. But to be honest, this world wouldn't be anything like it was supposed to be if it wasn't for brothers and sisters like us. Amen? We're in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, and it reads, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. I'll put, something on the, I'll put something on the screen for you if I can get it up for you. Yes, sir. There it is. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let's see. Amen, amen, technology. <laughs> now we see here, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they will be filled. Another promise of God, another thing that we can find power and joy from being a follower of God. This is our spiritual food makeup. This is our menu. So when you come to church, anytime you walk through the temple of the Lord, this is what's on the menu. You leave and you say that you didn't get anything, we need to have a conversation. Because there is too much going on for you not to leave, at least with something in your stomach. Milk, accepting the basic tenets of faith. We see our children, we see our young people, and we really push this for them. We're, we're really trying to make sure that they understand why we believe what we believe. When you look at the first church in Acts, how did the church multiply so greatly? Yes. The Lord did bless them with being, with being able to baptize 3,000 souls. But out of those 3,000 souls, how many had families? 
families of what? One child, two children, maybe some nieces, maybe some nephews, maybe somebody adopted, maybe a servant, maybe a coworker. So all these people have become added to the faith when we share with them the basic tenets of faith. That means we first must be very fluent in the basic tenets of faith. We must know and desire milk for everything that it does for us. Just like a baby can't live without milk, baby animals, baby humans, we, as babes in Christ, can't live without milk. Next, daily bread, studying of God's word. Some people say, Zach, you know, uh, that, that God stuff is cool. I'm proud of you for being, a, uh, for being a servant of the Lord. I'm proud of your energy and positivity, but I just don't think that church is for me. So uh, just send me your lesson. Send me the visual. Send me the video. Um, how about I send you an invite to a daily Bible study? How about I share with you on my Bible app or whatever I'm studying that I'm looking into every day? How about I check on you and see if you're studying every day? Because if you're not coming here where I can see you and, and we're eating from the same plate, let me make sure you're getting a snack in. Let me make sure that you're getting your carbs up. You see, daily bread, studying of God's word, that's what God calls for us to do on our own time as well as together, which is why I will be, Lord willing, at the Buse of Myers tonight for our small group to enjoy fellowship. But I know some word will be discussed. And even if it's not, when two or more gather together in my name, there I am at the midst, I would love to share the company that Christ gives me because that's where it's at. That's where I find my most peace and my most joy. So next, we have fruit of the Holy Spirit, becoming Christ-like. Sometimes we see people and they say, you know, the minister had a good lesson, but if I had kids, it would be better for me. Or, you know, the minister had a great lesson, but um, uh, maybe if I was married, it would be more uh, aligned with me. Maybe if I had a, a different job, maybe if I was uh, graduated from school, the lesson would cater to me more. I would venture to say that you've never heard a lesson where the fruits of the Spirit weren't, maybe not the fruits of the Spirit, the scripture was talked about, but the fruits were hinted at. The products of the Spirit's work is talked about every day, anytime we reference the gospel. You see, Christ left us and he said, the Holy Spirit is even greater than me. The Holy Spirit brings into remembrance all the things taught by Jesus Christ. So my friends and my family, if you're done drinking milk and if you're tired of daily bread, maybe, maybe you're like those people in, uh, in Egypt. No, in Egypt. Well, they were lost in the wilderness and they were eating manna and they're saying, oh my goodness, I'm tired of these version apps and I'm tired of these Bible studies and all these encouraging words, quote unquote, from these books. Well, let's get and indulge ourselves in some of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. How can I see from the sermon? How can I see from Bible class? How can I see from my fellow brethren how to be more Christ-like? You say that you're not eating enough. Well, let's pull something out of where you're at. Let's get something from the time spent together and the time spent in the house of the Lord. And last but not least, before I give you your time, meat, growing beyond the basic tenets of faith. I love this picture, and I had to share it with you because the way that this menu is set up, you got everything from top to bottom. And right here, this middle ground, that's where we find if people really got into this more, they would value being in the house of the Lord whenever the saints meet, whenever the doors are open, because these are the two pieces of the menu that we as individuals have the most control over. And these are the pieces of the menu that I would like to see all of us in here share with our brothers and sisters, whether they're in the faith or out of the faith. But we have to give them a menu. We have to make sure that we're in charge of feeding them. You see, the Bible says that if we plant the seed, the Lord will give the increase. 
So that means we need to be seed planters. We need to be seed sowers. We need to be those people who are not only sowing seed to those who have never heard the word, but we're sowing seed in fertile ground for those who believe in the word. Because the people that believe in the word is almost just as fertile as those who've never heard the gospel ever. Because those are the people that we've already, we, we can already get past the milk. You already believe that God is who he is. Let me get into some of this daily bread. Let me, let me explore the fruit that the spirit of the Lord gives us. And ultimately, let's sit down to a nice spiritual state. Pass the knife and fork. Because if we really get into what this word is talking about, we won't so much brag about reading the Bible from cover to cover like I hear people say. Oh, I don't need to go to church anymore. I've read the Bible cover to cover. Um, that's, that's great. That's great. Uh, can you reference anything from that cover to cover? No, nah, it was all a big blur. I, uh, I got from the beginning and got lost in numbers, and then I popped up, and it was Nahum. And I'm wondering, who is this guy? You know, we want to make sure that the people of God and those who are starting to understand what God is doing for them in their life, we want to make sure that they understand the meat, but they also have to be able to break it down. They also have to be able to digest it. And so instead of spending so much time trying to push the meat on brothers and sisters, let's make sure that we make this their all day. This is their snack. This is their lunch. This is their breakfast. This is their supper. So we have to get first to supper. We have to create an appetite to be able to understand what supper is all about so that we can all get to the promise that God actually has for us. Family, as I close, I want you to understand that the more we allow people to know that God has something for them, it's on them to receive it, the more we will be a lot more, the more we will be secure in our faith, the more we will be confident knowing that God is still working in us, no matter what age. There are members of the body of Christ who have just became members of the body of Christ, and they are 97 years old. 93 years old. And there are members of the body of Christ who have just became members of the body of Christ that are 8, 9, 14 years old. You see that wide range of age, that wide range of number? It's all because of what we're eating and how we're eating it. And so if we're all in here eating, if we're all in here indulging in this menu that God has laid out for us, then guess what? You can't eat it all. It's too much. You got to share it. And you got to share it in a timely fashion. So family, as we got to sing the song of invitation and let the Lord's day become yours and, and you spend it however you spend it, I pray to God, I pray to God that you take what we've learned today and that you share it with somebody. And as you think about your friends and your family and those who you'd like to see come to the body of Christ and those who you'd like to just see come back to the fold, just come back to service, just worship with us some more. Let us sing praises to the Lord with you in mind. Then guarantee it, I believe, if we share this spiritual food and let people know what they have and what they're missing, that they will come back and they will be faithful. And if they are, guess what? Angels will rejoice. And then guess what? When the celebration comes and judgment reigns and then we go home, all oh, family. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more familiar faces than those of the unfamiliar. Amen? This is your time as we sing.